welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. It should come as no surprise that Canadians are stressed. In fact, one in four Canadians cite stress as the reason for leaving their job, while 73% of all working-aged Canadians report at least some level of stress. According to Stats Canada, 23% of people over the age of 15 report that most days are quite a bit or extremely stressful. Now that number rises to 30% among the 35 to 54 age group. Work, well that's the leading cause of stress among our population, followed by, albeit far behind, finances. But now, the modern addition of these concerns like terrorism and the state of the environment, these are adding to the stress load. Educated white-collar professionals were more likely to report their job as the largest source of stress. Now, 45% of those had an annual income of $100,000 or more. Immigrants, visible minority groups, and those without a post-secondary education, well, they were more likely to pin their stress on finances. Young people, well, they're extremely stressed. Dr. Caddy Kamkar, a clinical psychologist at Toronto Centre for Addiction and Mental Health, said, the younger generation feels a lot more stressed today than they did in the past there are worries about being educated and not being able to find a job, concerns about the cost of living and debt that's causing them to live with their parents longer. All this, she says, translates to more stress. And we know that 70% of mental health problems are onset in younger years. Well, when it comes down to it, stress is among our greatest health threats. It's been linked to complications like high blood pressure, heart disease, obesity, and diabetes. It can also present immune issues or a higher risk of infertility and miscarriage, headaches, muscle tension or pain, anxiety, and depression. Well, stress was no stranger even to the saints in Scripture. Moses, as we're going to discover, well, he was probably one of the first stressed-out people in the Bible. He was a classic case of burnout, and from him, we can learn exactly how to handle this mess of stress. Number one, sense your limits. What exactly is the problem of stress? Well, it's the gap between the demands that are placed upon us in everyday life and the strength that we have in meeting those demands. Different people call it different things. Some call it the stress factor. Some call it the stress ratio. Some call it the stress components. Some call it the stress formula. But basically, it's the gap between my ought-tos and my can't-dos. See, when my can-do can't keep up with my want-to-do, frustration, tension, and then stress, 
Well, they begin to set in. That was the, exactly the problem with Moses. If you turn in your Bibles to Exodus, the 18th chapter, beginning down at verse 13, here's what we read. The next day Moses sat as a judge for the people, while the people stood around Moses from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What's this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone while all the people are standing around you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When a conflict arises between them, they come to me, and I judge between the two of them. I also teach them God's regulations and instructions. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing isn't good. You will end up totally wearing yourself out, both you and these people who are with you. The work is too difficult for you. You can't do it alone. You see, Moses was having to learn that even as a great man, and he was a great man, he could not do everything. There are limits to what any one person can do, and a wise person, well, they must sense those limits. Now, Moses wasn't lazy. I mean, he was getting up, getting to the office there at the crack of dawn. He's not leaving until the close of dusk. He was working six days a week with no vacations, no time off. Maybe he was the first workaholic recorded in history. But his fuel tank was empty. There's an old Greek motto that says, you will break the bow if you always keep it bent. There is nothing, I believe, that perhaps causes more stress than simply trying to overload the load that we already carry. You know, in the 19th century, the maritime industry was having a difficult time with ships sinking in heavy seas. In 1880, Samuel Plimsoll of the United Kingdom tackled this problem successfully. Here's what he did. He submitted a bill in Parliament insisting that a line be drawn around the outside of the hull on all British ships. When the ships were loaded with freight and reached the level where that line hit the water, the ships were not allowed to load any more freight. That marking on a ship's hull became known as the Plimsoll Line. Now, the truth is, we all have plimsoll lines. We all have limits. You ever notice that when you're on the highway, you get behind this huge tractor trailer and it's carrying a load of cargo or freight, but there's a sign on it that tells the load limit that that truck can carry. Well, you can be sure if those gigantic trucks with those huge engines have load limits, well, so do we. And this was exactly Moses' problem. Now, on the outside, well, Moses looked very impressive, eating on the run, ripping from one end of the camp to the other, planning, appointments, meeting deadlines, seeing people. 
But on the inside, well, he was dying on the vine. But Moses had a wise father-in-law that recognized that. Moses was literally stressed out. Nerves frayed, little sleep, bags under his eyes. He was just looking for a place to sit down so he could have a complete breakdown. You know, he was burning the candle at both ends and his wax was almost gone. In fact, his father-in-law said to him, you're wearing yourself out. Interestingly, the Hebrew word for wearing out literally means to become old. Moses was growing old well before his time, you know, wearing himself out and, and the people around him also. Do you know that a typical concert piano has over 240 strings that when tuned and tightened will create a pull of some 40,000 pounds on the frame of the piano. Now, without that tension, there can be no beautiful music. But if those strings are drawn too tight and you exert just too much pressure, it will crack the piano and destroy its sound. So what's true for a concert piano? It's true about us. If you and I get overcommitted and overloaded, it can knock us out of tune and rob the music from your life. So first of all, sense your limits. Number two, share the load. Now, let me make something plain. Stress is not totally bad. We all need some stress. We all need some pressure. It is the pressure of a deadline well, that forces you to complete a task. But that is also why not only must the limits of stress be sensed, but the load of the stress must be shared. I read one time about a stevedore who was unloading a ship down in New Orleans. As he was walking down the gangplank, the gangplank broke and he sank into the Mississippi River. Well, he went down once and came up, yelled for help. He went down a second time, came up, yelled for help. He went down the third time and came up and said, if somebody doesn't come and help me, I'm going to have to drop one of these anvils that I'm carrying. And that was exactly Moses' problem. The anvils, well, they needed to be carried, but he could not carry them all by himself. So listen to the advice his father-in-law gives him, beginning in verse 21. But you should also look among all the people for capable persons who respect God. They should be trustworthy and not corrupt. Set these persons over the people as officers of groups of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them sit as judges for the people at all times. They should bring every major dispute to you, but they should decide all of the minor cases themselves. This will be much easier for you, and they will share your load. In other words, he's saying, listen, get other people involved so that they can help share the load. I mean, when it comes to doing heavy work, two hands are better than one, but six hands are better than two. You see, the size of a work is never a problem 
as long as there is the sharing of the work. You know, one of the greatest leadership lessons I've ever learned is this. Delegate to others what others can do so you can focus on the things that only you can do. Nobody is indispensable, but everybody is important. So look for ways that you can share the load with others. Not only that they might get under the burden of the work, but also that they might enjoy the blessing of the work. Number three, simplify your life. This was the third lesson that Jethro taught his son-in-law Moses. Find out what you need to do, what you should do, focus on those things, and delegate the rest to others. So, for example, in verse 19, look at what he says to Moses. He says, now listen to me, let me give you some advice, and may God be with you. Your role should be to represent the people before God. You should bring their disputes before God yourself. And then in verse 20, he says, explain the regulations and instructions to them. Let them know the way they are supposed to go and the things they are supposed to do. In other words, he's basically told Moses to, that Moses should give himself to prayer and the ministry of the word. Now, you may not be familiar with this, but in the book of Acts, in the sixth chapter, the apostles recognized, well, they were trying to do it all, and that is exactly what they told the church. They said in Acts chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, brothers and sisters, choose carefully seven well-respected men from among you. They must be well-respected and endowed by the Spirit with exceptional wisdom. We will put them in charge of this concern. As for us, we will devote ourselves to prayer and the service of proclaiming the word. So what would be the result of this? Go back to Exodus 18, this time verse 23. If you do this and God directs you, then you will be able to endure. And all these people will be able to go back to their homes much happier. You see, look at all the benefits Moses would get when he would begin to handle the mess of the stress. He would live longer. He would work smarter. Everybody would be happier. Nobody would be exhausted. And all that is needed to get done, well, it would get done. Now, let me just say a word about burnout, because I believe burnout is totally out of the will of God for any life. I don't believe we ought to burn out. On the other hand, I don't believe we ought to get lazy and rust out. I believe we ought to last out. Quite frankly, I don't want to wear out, I want to work out. The problem is, we crowd the calendar and clutter our lives with so many things that our hard drive just shuts down and we just can't function.
when you've got tons of people and appointments and phone calls and mail all vying for your attention, you can experience a paralysis of personal energy. You ever thought, you know why animal trainers carry a stool with them when they go into a cage of lions? Now, they'll have a whip. Most of them will have a pistol. But invariably, they use a stool. And they can pretty much mesmerize that lion and make that lion do what they want with that stool. It's the most important tool of the trainer. Now, if you've ever noticed... The trainer holds the stool by the back and thrusts the legs towards the face of the animal. Now, why is this so effective? Because that lion will try to focus on all four legs at once. And in an attempt to focus on all four, a kind of paralysis overwhelms them. And the lion becomes tame and weak and disabled because the lion's attention is fragmented. Not even a Moses, as great a man as he was, can do everything. It's a great man who can do the work of ten men, but it's an even greater man who can get ten men to do the work. Point number four. Seek the Lord. The fourth piece of advice that Jethro gave his son-in-law was this. Exodus 18, verse 19. Now listen to me and let me give you some advice. And may God be with you. Your role should be to represent the people before God. You should bring their disputes before God yourself. You see, here was the root of Moses' problem. He had been spending too much time talking to the people about God and not enough time talking to God about the people. I was reading this manual on leadership the other day and it listed these traits or characteristics as those prone to stress. It said, number one, plans day unrealistically. Number two, First to arrive, last to leave. Three, always in a hurry. Four, makes no plans for relaxation. Five, feels guilty about doing anything other than work. Six, sees unforeseen problem as a setback or as a disaster. Seven, is always thinking about several other things when working. Eight, feels the need to be recognized and overextends because of this. But then it presented some practical things that you and I can do to minimize this threat in our lives. Number one, recognize aggravating aspects of your job and accept them rather than fight them. Have the wisdom to discern what can and cannot be changed and attempt to change first and accept the second. Number two, identify your emotional needs and find ways to meet them. Number three, practice listening. It's more relaxing than talking. Four, be sensitive to change. Sense it coming and make adjustments. This makes change manageable rather than insurmountable. I just want to say this another time. The best thing you can do to handle the mess of stress is to begin every day 
by spending time with God. As the 46th Psalm says, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Did you know that God sometimes uses stress to force us to have that quiet time with him? There may be some things that you cannot handle, but there is nothing that you and God together cannot handle. You just have to make sure it's the things that God wants us to handle. I want to tell you that you don't have to be hard and thick skinned to handle the mess of stress. But you and God together, you can indeed handle all of the stress in your life. Let us pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessings you just pour out on each and every single one of us, your mercy and your grace. And Father, I just want to lift up before you every single one of us who wrestles with stress and anxiety in our lives. May we take your advice and just be still and know that you are God. Bless each and every viewer, I pray. In Jesus' name. Well, we've come to that point in our program where we have our special offer for our viewers. If you're a regular viewer of the program, you know that at each and every program, we like to share with you a resource, a book, a magazine, something that will just, you can add to your spiritual library and just help you better understand God's will for your life. And today is no exception. We have this little book. It's part of a series called Help in Daily Living. This one is one of my favorites. It says, God is listening. You know, um, sometimes one of the ways, the reasons why we have so much stress and, is because we, have, we feel that we have no one we can share that with and, you know, our anxiety and our fears. But this book tells us, God, he's always listening. I'd love to send you this book as a gift from us. There's no obligation whatsoever on your part. If you'd like to receive it, then pay close attention to the information you're about to hear. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. 
thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. I want to thank you for tuning in. And as I ask you every week, if you can help us out by letting your friends and family know of the program, when we're on, what channel we're on in your community, that would help us just get the word out and spread the news of our program that is on each and every week. Now, if you have family members or relatives that happen to live outside of our broadcast area, that's okay. You can always go to our website, l4ltv.com. All of the previous programs are listed on the website and you can watch them there at your leisure. You can share them with friends and family and um, you can use them as a, a source of study or, or preparation in your life to better understand the good news of scripture. And so once you go to the website, besides the previous programs, uh, you will notice there's a tab that has live appearances. And that just simply lists where I will be appearing live. And maybe if I come into your area, you can come out and see me at one of the live appearances and introduce yourself. I'd love to get the chance to meet you. Uh, there is another tab there on the program that has archived sermons. And these are some messages that I've taped in and around Canada and different locations. And they tend to focus on some very specific questions that folks ask me, like, you know, what happens to us when we die? Uh, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? And there's like a message there on that. And you can watch the message. And then there's a lesson handout that you can download and print just to help you further study those uh, interesting topics. There's a tab that is the Donate Today tab. And we would encourage you to visit that page on the website. And if you feel so impressed to do so, to send a donation to our ministry to help us stay on the air. Uh, we are a charitable organization, so if you do send a donation, you will be getting a receipt for income tax purposes. And so pray about that. And if the Holy Spirit touches you to make a donation, knowing that every dollar goes directly into the ministry, it pays for airtime, it pays for the studio time, it pays for the gifts we send out, it pays for the website. No, not a penny of your donation comes to pay my salary. We have a different source for that. And so every dollar that is committed to Lessons for Living Television is used in Lessons for Living Television in the direct preaching of the gospel. Couple of other things before we go. Uh, follow me on Instagram every single day. I put out a one minute devotional video on Instagram. You can get that by following me at Santos underscore Bill. We have our YouTube channel, our Facebook page. All of the programs are on the Facebook page. Go on there and like us. And then you'll be updated every time a new program appears. If you are interested in overseas humanitarian work, then be sure to check out missionnowcanada.com. That's the website that deals with the overseas humanitarian work part of our ministry. Well, we are just about out of time. But I want to thank you again for joining us. And I hope we get the opportunity to do this again real soon. I'll be praying for that. 
that that is a reality. God bless you, and we'll see you back here again next time.